Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 through 11. Uh, the scripture reads, For you are a holy people belonging to Yahweh, your mighty one. Yahweh, your mighty one, has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. Yahweh was devoted to you and chose you not because you were more numerous than all peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but because Yahweh loved you and kept the oath he swore to your fathers, he brought you out with a strong hand and redeemed you from the place of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know that Yahweh, your mighty one, is the mighty one, the faithful mighty one, who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands. But he directly pays back and destroys those who hate him. He will not hesitate to directly pay back the one who hates him. So keep the command, the statutes and ordinances that I am giving you to follow today. Let's have a word of prayer. Yahweh Father, thank you so much for all that's been said. Thank you for all the good brothers and sisters and children here at the feast this year. Thank you for allowing us to have another year where we can celebrate your feast and memorialize how that the children of Israel left the land of Egypt and dwelt in temporary shelters in the wilderness. Father Yahweh, I pray you bless this sermon. I pray, Father Yahweh, that you bless our time of fellowship after the sermon. We bless you, Father, for all the good food that we're going to receive here in just a little bit. But, Father Yahweh, right now we bless you for the spiritual food, that which feeds us not in our, our bodies but in our souls. Uh, your Son, Yeshua, said, Labor not for the meat that perisheth, but rather for the meat that endureth to eternal life. And we work so hard to eat in the physical nowadays that sometimes we forget that we need to eat and to drink in the spiritual. Help us to remember to eat on your word, feast on your word, so that we do not die spiritually. Thank you, Father. It's through your Son I pray. Amen. Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 through 11 is probably the only text I'm going to flip to and read for this sermon. I normally read a lot more scriptures than that. I'll mention a lot of them, and you can jot them down if you're taking notes. But I want to title this sermon, We Might Be Strange but it's in the Bible. So often, I get into conversations with individual people and sometimes groups of people, and when they find out how I believe, it seems very strange. Somebody told me one time, or numerous times, Matthew, don't speak anything else because you're confusing me. And I tend to try to explain to them that I'm not confusing them, it's that they're becoming unconfused. And when you become unconfused, sometimes that's confusing. You catch that? I want to become unconfused if I am confused. I want Yahweh to show me the truth if I'm in falsehood. I want to walk on the straight and the narrow path if I'm in the process of going on the broad way. The broad way leads to destruction. We just read here in Deuteronomy 7 that Yahweh's not only faithful to bless those that obey Him, Yahweh's faithful and directly pays back those that hate Him to their face. It says He destroys them. We don't want to go on the broad way. We want to go on the straight and the narrow way. Sometimes that way is lonely. It's constricted. 
The Gospel of Luke records Yeshua as saying, strive to enter in through the straight and the narrow way. It's not as easy. It's not peaches and cream. It's not your best life now. It's not like the preachers teach today. No, it's difficult. It's a life of trials. It's tests, temptations, ups and downs, mountains and valleys, bad times, good times. That's the life of the believer. Yahweh did not promise us when we believed in Him that everything would just be hunky-dory from now on. But He did promise us that if we keep our faith in Him and keep our eyes upon Him and His Son, that He will, in the end, bless us with everlasting life. And so don't ever give up. If you don't get your blessing in this life, you will receive it in the life to come. You will. Yeshua tells a parable about how that when we invite people over for dinner, we shouldn't invite only those people that can invite us back over to dinner, but we should invite the people that can't invite us back because we'll be repaid not on earth, but we'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And that's my goal is to be at the resurrection of the righteous, the first one, the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are they that take part in that first resurrection. Sometimes it's a lonely road, and we might seem strange by the things that we do, but the things that we do are in the Bible. And they're not just in the Bible, mentioned in the Bible. They're approved. They're approved biblical examples when we follow Yahweh's ways. He is our Father, and as the old television show said long ago, Father knows best, and He really does. Yahweh, our Father, knows what's best for us. Sometimes it's easier to get people to believe what's not in the Bible than what actually is in the Bible. You get them to try to celebrate something that's not in the Bible and everybody jumps on the bandwagon, puts a tree up in their home, or gives their child an Easter basket. They do those things. They're not in the Bible. But it's easier to get people to do things that are not in the Bible than to do things that are in the Bible. One woman, when I was explaining to her about the holy days versus the unholy days, she asked me if I was a Christian. And I began to tell her that, well, the word Christian literally means a follower of Christ. That's the actual meaning of the term, but the term's been drugged through the mud so much that I don't go around just professing to be a Christian. I try to explain myself when somebody asks me that. So I say, yes, I'm a follower of the Messiah, so I'm a Christian by the original definition of the word. And she replied, I've never met a Christian like you. Well, we might seem strange, but what we do is in the Bible. You know, we might seem strange to dwell out here in tents, and take branches of various trees and rejoice before Yahweh for seven days. We might seem strange when we do that, when we're out there and it's raining and pouring down and we're having a good time. We still have a smile on our face and a pep in our step and we're still talking about the Scriptures. Dwelling in huts on the property of a church, that seems strange to people. But you can find it in Leviticus 23, 33 through 36 and 39 through the end of the chapter there. It's in the Bible. I was teaching my children out of Nehemiah chapter 8 this past week. And in Nehemiah 8, when the children of Israel had gotten back from Babylonian captivity, they were excited when they found it written that they were to observe the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Bible says that they had not done so since the days of Joshua the son of Nun. You know, around a thousand years before then. But that didn't bother them. They didn't say, well, our forefathers haven't done this for a thousand years. No, they did it because they found it written in the Torah. People say, look, the Feast of of what? The Feast of Tabernacles. What do you mean? The church has not done that for thousands of years. It doesn't matter. We found it written in the Torah. And so we obey. We might seem strange, but it's in the Bible. 
Brother Arnold often blows the chatzosara, as the brother mentioned earlier, the silver trumpets, and other brothers blow the shofar. That might seem strange, but it's in the Bible. Numbers chapter 10 talks about the silver trumpets. Psalm 81 says, blow up the shofar at the time of the pilgrim feast, at the time of the full moon, because he ordained it as a statute for the Israelites when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. The Bible talks about the blowing of the trumpets. It's all through the scriptures. We might seem strange, but it's in the Bible. Uh, One guy, when he saw the strings hanging off of my tunic one time, I had many people say many things about the tassels, but this one took the cake. He looked at my tassels and he said, Dude, what's up with the yarn? That's exactly what he said. And I said, I began to explain to him about the tassels. And he said, Well, why do you wear those tassels? Well, they're in the Bible. Numbers 15, 37 through 41. Deuteronomy 22, verse 12. In Matthew 9, verse 20, the woman is said to have been bleeding for 12 years solid. She spent all her money on all the physicians. But yet when she touched the, KJV will say him, H-E-M, but the Greek is kraspedon, it means tassel. Yeshua wore the tassels. We might seem strange, but it's in the Bible. We use a name that not a lot of people use. More and more people are becoming knowledgeable about the name of Yahweh, but Brother Frankie and I were talking the other day, and a lot of people still don't understand how important it is, not just for one worship song or not just for a unique sermon on the many names of the Creator. No, that's the only name that He has. He has many descriptive titles, Elohim, Adonai, He's King, He's Sovereign, but His name is Yahweh. That's His name. He says in Isaiah 42 and 8, Yahweh is my name and I won't give my glory to another, neither my praise to graven images. In Exodus 3.15, he spoke out of a bush that burned but did not consume. And he said, Moses, Yahweh is my name forever. It's how I want you to remember me. And every time we speak the name of Yahweh or we say hallelujah, we're memorializing the name of the Creator, the name that I like to say that He gave Himself in eternity past. In John 5.43, our Messiah said, I am come in my Father's name. In John 17, verse 5, our Messiah said, I have manifested Thy name, Holy Father, to the men that Thou gavest me out of the world. And later on in that chapter in John 17, verses 25 through 26, he says, Father, I have declared thy name and I will declare it. We use the name of Yahweh. We might seem strange, but it's in the Bible. We keep something called the new moon around here. And we keep the Sabbath by the moon. You know that they'll be kept in the new heavens and the new earth. The millennium kingdom, specifically in Isaiah 66, is what it's referring to. It says, from one new moon to another and one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me. And they'll look on the carcasses of those that have transgressed where their worm dieth not, the fire is not quenched. That might seem strange to keep something called a new moon. I remember when I first began to learn about the new moon, it seemed strange to me, but it wasn't because I had studied. It was because I had not studied. The new moon is mentioned over 60 times. The word Chodesh in Hebrew is mentioned over 60 times in reference to the festival of the new moon in the Bible, including one place in the New Testament in Colossians 2.16. The Sabbath is mentioned probably over a thousand times. I haven't counted, but it doesn't matter if it's just mentioned once or a thousand and one times. It's in the Scriptures. And so we obey it. Yeshua, as His custom was, went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, Luke 4.16. He kept the Sabbath days. He kept the new moon days. He kept all of Yahweh's Torah. We might seem strange when we do that to the world, but it's in the Bible, so it doesn't matter what the world thinks. It only matters what Yahweh thinks. 
One time I was explaining to a guy, Leviticus 19, 23 through 25. And I was telling him that, look, by Yahweh's law, you're not supposed to eat the fruit off of a tree that is less than five years old. On the fourth year, it's holy to Yahweh. On the fifth year, you may eat the fruit thereof. It's called uncircumcised fruit. That's weird, he said. Yeah, it seems strange, but it's in the Bible in Leviticus chapter 19. Amen? We might seem strange when we talk to people about Yahweh's calendar in the heavens. One woman said, that sounds a lot like astrology to me. Uh, The word astrology is not a bad word, though. It's made up of two words, astro meaning star, and logos, which means the word or the treatment of the stars. That's all it means. Man has taken the stars and manipulated them, just like people have taken the moon and the sun and worshipped them. We're not to do that, but they are, Brother John, for Yahweh's calendar. It seems strange to the people in the world, but it's in the Bible. Genesis 1, 14 through 18 talks about it. Some people ask me, why do you wear a beard? Why don't you shave your beard off? The reason I don't shave my beard is not because I don't want to shave my beard off. If it wasn't in the Bible that I wasn't supposed to shave, you know what? I probably would. But in Leviticus 19.27, Yahweh says, Do not mar the borders of thy beard. Uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 10, verses 1-5, through 5, there were some men that were men of David. They got embarrassed because they had their garments cut off all the way up to their buttocks where their buttocks was showing. And they also had half of their beard shaved off. And David said, you need to stay here until your beards can be grown back because that's a very embarrassing thing for your beard to be gone. That seems strange to tell somebody that it's a sin to shave your beard. I was talking to a mechanic not long ago, and he was asking me how I felt about wine. And I told him I did not believe it was a sin to drink wine. And he said, really? I said, yeah. I said, you'll probably be with me on that one. I said, but the more that I go into the scriptures, you're not going to stay with me. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I believe it's a sin to shave the borders of your beard. He said, a sin? I said, yeah. Do you know what sin is? No, not really. I mean, I know it's doing bad, but the Bible says sin is the transgression of Yahweh's law. And so if Yahweh commands against it, we're not supposed to violate Yahweh's law. That might seem strange, but it's in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. What about the dietary laws? We can't eat anything that doesn't split the hoof and chew the cud. Matthew didn't say that. I didn't make the menu up. Yahweh made the menu up. He said if it's in the ocean, make sure it's got fins and scales. If if it's an insect, make sure it's got some jointed legs above its feet so it can hop wherewithal. Only eat these creatures, and the other ones don't eat. So, Brother Matthew, that means you don't eat lobster, and you don't eat shrimp, and you don't eat pork, and you don't eat camel and horse and all these things. Well, no, no. And some of those things, it seems strange to people when we don't eat them. But it's right there in the Bible. They're same Bible that they carry around with them. They can pick it up and open it up. And it will say, of these do not eat. And of these ye might eat. Why does it seem strange to people? People that profess to be believers in the Bible. It might seem strange, but it's right here. It's right here. The reason that it seems strange to a lot of people, brothers and sisters, and it might seem strange to some of you in here, I don't know. But the reason that it does is because all they do with the Bible is this right here. And they take it to church. And Brother TJ was talking about that he would sit that Bible beside him and he thought he was just a good churchgoer. He would listen to the preacher preach. And when the preacher got done preaching, there was no Bible discussions and everybody just wanted to just do their own thing. You don't leave the Bible here. You open it up. And you don't just open it up when you're here at the congregation. You open it up every day. You eat every day, don't you? Don't you make sure you get breakfast, lunch, and dinner, a lot of us, every day? 
Well, why don't you eat from the Word of Yahweh every day too? You'll grow stale. You'll die spiritually. These things might seem strange, but they're in the Bible. What about the Passover? Uh, Luke chapter 2, 41 through 42, tells us that when Yeshua was 12 years old, he went up to Jerusalem with his parents, Joseph and Miriam, and he kept the Passover as was their custom. Jerusalem was the local place, the capital city and the territory of the southern kingdom of Judah. And that's where Yahweh said, you go to keep my feasts. And so they went. Yeshua went, a little 12-year-old boy. And remember, they left him. And they had to come back. And he said, didn't you know I was in my father's house? Didn't you know I was about my father's business? He was keeping the Passover. Yeah, they slaughtered lambs. They ate lamb. Lamb is not wrong to eat. Anybody that eats meat, somehow, somewhere, it had to be killed. Somebody killed it. And they didn't just go and buy any old lamb that had been killed any old day. That lamb had to be killed on the 14th day between the evenings. And we do the same thing today. And I'm not embarrassed about it one bit. Because my Lord and Savior did it. All the holy patriarchs did it. The prophets and apostles did it. And I still do it today. And I'll do it next year by His grace and mercy. We might seem strange, but it's in the Bible. It's there. You'll find it. Exodus 12, Leviticus 23. Don't tell me I seem strange. You're out there giving your children all these lies about Santa Claus. You're out there giving them Easter baskets. You're letting them go trick-or-treating and give Valentine's to one another. All that's pagan in origin. That has nothing to do with Yahweh's Word. That's what's strange. That's what should be strange to people, but that's not strange. That's common, and they'll even incorporate that into a worship service. But if you tell them you keep Passover, the Feast of Tabernacles, or wave the branches before Yahweh, they'll think that you're in a cult, or they'll think that you're under a cult leader. We might seem strange, but brothers and sisters, it's in the Bible. And we need to stand fast and stand true to what's in the Scriptures and not be embarrassed about our beliefs. What about writing the Shema and the commandments on your doorpost and on your gates? Brother Danny gave a great testimony one time where he said he had these plaques made up and he was like a little kid and he went out there at the dark time and he nailed those up on his gates. Like Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 says, Hear, O Israel, Yahweh our mighty one, Yahweh is one. Write these words on the doorpost of your house and place them upon your gates. That way every time you ride into your gates of your property, you see the Shema, which is the greatest commandment in all the Torah. Love Yahweh. Love your neighbor as yourself. You put them on the doorpost of your house. That way when you go in and you come out, you can see this house is protected by the Torah of Yahweh, the commandments of Yahweh. You can rest assured when Yeshua grew up, on his house was the Shema. On his gates was the Shema. He obeyed the Torah. We might seem strange. But it's in the Bible. And I could go on and on and on and on with things that the world and the church world considers to be strange that's right here in the book of books, the bestseller of all time. I could go on and on and on. You guys know all the things that we do that people turn their nose up at or laugh and scorn and everything like this. Here recently I just heard another rumor going around about how we believe a couple of them but you know what? I've gotten to the point where it really doesn't bother me anymore. I still love the people that tell rumors about me because Yeshua says I'm not supposed to just love those that love me back. I'm supposed to love my enemies. Amen? If you love those that love you back, what reward have you? The tax collectors can do that. But if you love those that hate you and you do good to those that despitefully use you, you give water to your enemy if he's thirsty, give meat to the one that's hungry. Amen? Right? Love your enemies. I don't worry about stuff like that. But I also don't worry about what people think about me. I don't. The only time I worry about what somebody thinks about me is if I'm not doing right. That bothers me. But when I'm keeping Yahweh's law, I don't worry about what somebody says. 
My goal, brothers and sisters, my goal is to live forever with Yahweh and His Son, Yeshua. And to look at them upon the thrones in the kingdom. And to bow down and worship before the Almighty and before the Lamb. That's my goal. That's my goal. Yes, we might seem strange. We might seem a little peculiar. We might do things differently. But they're all found right in here. People ask us all the time, how do y'all believe? I said, just read this. Just read it. I mean, really. And some things you have to explain to them about the name and the mistranslation and things like that. But the majority of what we believe, 90%, if they just picked up a Bible, a King James Version Bible, just picked it up and actually read it from cover to cover, they would understand why we do the things that we do. And hopefully, and maybe they wouldn't mock and scorn and laugh. And I hope for their salvation, people that mock the ways of Yahweh, I do. I'm like Yahweh. I don't have any pleasure of the wicked that die. I'd rather see them come to salvation, but I know it's not in Yahweh's plan because there's too many scriptures that says that it's not. Deuteronomy 7, we opened up with it, and I'm going to close with it. Yahweh blesses and He loves those that keep His commandments. But those that hate Him, He destroys. He repays them to their face. He has no mercy on them. Brothers and sisters, let's stick with the Scriptures. I want to encourage you. Don't worry about what people might say. I've told people in the past, and I'll say it again, I'm more worried about upsetting Yahweh than I am about upsetting a person. I'm more worried about offending Yahweh than I am offending a human being. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I love you so much and I thank you. You're great and you're greatly to be praised. Father Yahweh, bless you and thank you for the feast. Thank you for the scriptures. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. and Give me knowledge. I want to know you more. I want to love you more. I want to serve you more. Don't ever let me fall away. Yahweh, Father, bless the remainder of this feast. Bless our meal, Father, that we're going to have together today, this evening, as we move into the second day of the feast. Bless all the meetings that we're having, the Bible studies this week. Bless all the different classes that the sisters or the brothers might partake in. Bless all the children, whatever they do. Let them have a good time playing here at the property, enjoying Yahweh's feast. It's, it's to be enjoyed. It's to be a beautiful rejoicing time. And I pray that when we leave, that we'd be uplifted and encouraged. Because Yahweh knows, Father, you know that we need it. Thank you for every single person in here. I love them all. And I just, just want your will to be done, Father. Just want your will to be done. I love you, Yahweh. We pray these things through your only begotten Son. Amen.